The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Another episode of the panel discussion, your home for comic book talk. I am not Matt Johnson. I am back. I am Greg Nolan. But with me is Matt Johnson. There he is. He's alive. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm a little tongue tied. Greg, thanks for taking the intros for me today. I appreciate it. Uh, but yes, we are back together. Greg is back from his honeymoon or anniversary vacation in Disney World. Oh, I'll yeah. make, maybe Mickey'd out a little bit. Too many ice cream bars. Dude, I ate so much food, and it was every meal was like forty bucks. And I wish I was exaggerating. Every single mo- mo- meal was like forty dollars, but it was all so good. I waited for three and a half hours, three and a half hours to ride the Avatar ride, but it was worth it. It was oh, good, so, so worth it. I got it. I gotta ask you, like, uh, since it's been a while since I've been to Disney. Everything, you know, obviously Disney's very heavy superhero theme now. What what uh what superhero esque stuff did uh has Disney added to their parks that you know MCU based? There wasn't too much yet. They're they're just starting to do that. And they started with uh you might have seen if you if you pay attention to our Facebook Live as listeners, um they had like a Guardians of the Galaxy awesome mix concert, which was super fun. I really liked it. Um the, the Gamora they had was awesome. Wasn't crazy about the Star Wars, but he was still pretty good. And they did like it was the Zandarians coming to Earth to learn our customs and like performed music off the awesome mix and music that could very well be on that tape. So that was pretty yeah, cool. I did and see that. That was pretty neat. I, it was a ton of fun. It was like actually like there were some solid singers. It doesn't surprise me. It's Disney. Um, but other than that, they're they're actually in the process. Every single park had something being built while we were there, we were there which was kind of cool. Uh, we're like, wow, this is really expanding. But superhero-wise, all was there was Guardians so far, and they were building a Guardians um, world. They're building like the Guardians ride in Epcot. Uh, originally, I oh, thought it was going to be Tower of Terror, but Tower of Terror is staying what it is, thank God, because I love it. Um, and Epcot is going to have a Guardians thing, which it fits really well because it's supposed to have like the future world and all the places around the world. So now you get to visit aliens while you're there. Um, and I think that'll be a ton of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they, they update that into. I don't know too much news, but they were building it while we were there right near um, the Imagination Center and everything. So it'll be cool. I'm, I'm interested. Other than that, the only other like Marvel stuff I saw was if you've ever been to Disney, there's like a million collectible ears. Uh, yes. A million. And they had a Captain Marvel set and a Spider-Man set. That was pretty cool. I was a, I was a big fan of those. I almost bought them, but I had settled on the Fantasia set. And they were like <laughs> three or $30. And I was like, I'm going to just buy one. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty neat, though. I'm glad you had a good time. That's I know you needed a vacation, so... It was cool. Oh. I can't wait to go back. I found some cool stuff out. I know Star Wars isn't directly comic book, but it has comic books, and it's cool. Um, yeah. So I, I, they're building the Star Wars world as well, and we could see sneak peeks of it. It was pretty awesome. We got some cool pictures, but I found out so that this is probably the coolest thing I heard about this world. Like, Forget the rides. Forget the, the immersiveness of all that. 
while you're there, they have a hotel. It's going to cost a lot of money, but the cool thing about the hotel is your stay has to be at least three days. Because while you are there, you may be just hanging out. And an actor dressed as Han Solo will come up to you and go, we have a mission. And they will take you to this interactive place and have you doing like Star Wars missions and basically like having your own storyline within the Star Wars world while you're staying there, which is just one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And I think that is going to make that like one of the coolest features. And I kind of hope like that got me thinking. I hope they build like an Avengers Tower resort and do the same thing and just have like Nick Fury or like Iron Man coming up to you and be like, yo, we got to do something. And I think, I, so I hope they expand on the, the Marvel world in that way. But yeah, I was like, now I need to stay there and drop a ton of money just so I can like hang out with Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool theme, man. That, I like that they're doing that. I've always been a resort guy myself and I, it's cool that they're doing the themes with that. So that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, all right. So today's topic, you probably already know if you clicked on the uh, episode, we already have the writing all sprawled out for you. But this one, we tried to get done before Greg left on vacation. We had some unfortunate, you know, things happen. Uh, so we we postponed this episode till now. Uh, so we have Nova. And then next week we have Captain Cold, I think was the one. Yes, and I'm going to, because I, I need you to read it. So the following week, we are going to cover Invincible, because I've read nine, ten volumes of it, and I just really need you to read it, an issue of that comic book, Matt, because you will read all okay. of it. Okay, we'll today. do an Invincible. Yeah, and, and we'll do an Invincible image. episode. So I'm super excited for that. Very good. So we got pulling the power play. <laughs> <laughs> all good. No, we got lots of cool stuff for everybody to... Uh, to listen to cool content. I'm glad we're, you know, back together on track. It was a little weird not having you on the show, bud. I got to admit. But uh, not being on the show, I haven't read nearly as many comic books. Though, so while I was on vacation, my mom <laughs> made comic book runs for me. She went to uh, Pulp 716 and was buying, like, all of my new trades. <laughs> Making sure I was staying up to date while, she was, while I was gone. Oh, uh, your mom is awesome. She is the best. Um, cool. <laughs> that's that's neat. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about Nova. We're going to read a couple comic books of the Nova character who's uh, been around. I think he made his well, he made his debut in 1976. Uh, so and he's had a couple secret identities, I guess. Richard Ryder and I forgot who you said the second one was. Sam Alexander, the main like comic book leads. There's others, a million other Novas. We'll kind of talk about that. But yeah, those are the main two is Sam Alexander. I think he's like 14 or 15. And then Richard Ryder. Okay. All right. So yeah, there's uh, quite been quite a bit of Nova. Nova's like one of those cool characters. He's actually very like uber popular and like secretly uber popular. We we pitted Star-Lord against him, and, and Nova won by, I think it was kind of a, a landslide. Yeah, it was which, weird. Which uh, we were, yeah, we were both surprised about. But Nova does, you know, Nova does have that that draw. Uh, he's actually my brother's favorite superhero. Oh, really? I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. One day, he just, like, I picked up a Nova book, and I loved it. And he just, anytime we went out shopping, go, like, Barnes Noble or the comic book store, he'd just look for certain Nova titles. That was that was one of his things. And I was like, that's pretty neat. A little obscure, but I mean really, really neat. Yeah. So so yeah, there there's uh 
yeah, we got some really cool books here today that we're going to recap. I'm very happy with the two of mine that I chose. Uh, and I would imagine, Greg, Greg, you're pretty stoked about yours. Yeah, I really like mine. I really did. Very good. Um, so as we typically do here, we're going to review our books. If you've never heard the show before, we base them on five categories, art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. Score each category out of 10, add them up for a final score. Uh, Greg, it's been a while. You want to start this one off? Oh, yeah. Uh, so my first one is... Uh, Nova issue 26 from 2007. It is one of the Richard Ryder runs and it is the War of Kings storyline, which is actually pretty cool. Um, it is the She-Ra versus Kree war is going on. So mm-hmm. I'll hop into it. It literally starts right away with um, a Nova Centurions, a whole group of Nova Centurions like fighting for their lives, basically. And trying to talk to the war mind which is their like their ai essentially but or world mind not war mind i went to destiny uh they're trying to talk to world mind and it's there's just zero response um, and they're about to get taken down by war star and then its head gets blown off both heads get blown off it's like a master blaster and nova prime aka Richard Ryder shows up. Uh, it gets he gets into a huge fight, takes out a bunch of stuff, and then saves the the Centurions. And actually, the War Mind is Ego, which is it's super weird. Ego just has like the Nova like crest on his forehead, and that's uh-huh. where they're based out of now. He like re-recruited them all, uh, and there's some dialogue between the War Mind or between yes between the Centurions. The new war mind, which Richard Ryder reprogrammed to be a woman now. He's like a man before. Um, and his brother's missing. He's trying to find him. And there's some cool other characters. It's not just like humans and stuff in the helmets. There's this giant like dragon man with the, the crest on his head, another character with the helmet. And Richard Ryder is tracking down his brother, gets into a fight with inhumans that are actually working for the Kree in this war. Um, but he he's it's all stopped by raven who remembers fighting ultron with uh richard Ryder, and they locate a robotic nova that helps him track his brother down and a big there's a big reveal um another fights it, it, then it cuts over to a kree warrior and a she-ra warrior actually getting into a fight in the throne room and nova interferes all in the end there's a lot going on. I'm just trying not to reveal too much. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of action, but there's also a lot of dialogue, so it's it's a little hard to almost track reviewing it this way because it's like reveal, reveal, secret thing, reveal. Ah, and it's it's the middle of a storyline, so that makes sense. I think there's like two issues left after this um, for the Nova run because it's a longer storyline. It's not one. A lot of people actually know about, but X Men are involved in this and all that stuff. So, oh, very cool. cool. It's one I'm going to end up going back to review or read, right. rather not review. <laughs> but it's a good book. Um, right. I will start. Art. Uh, very early 2000 art style. There is some like interesting, almost like very subtle cell shading. Um, 
the characters stand out from the background quite a bit, which is kind of interesting. I'm going to give the art a seven. Okay. The action is an easy 10. Very easy 10. Um, it, there's just so much of it, and it's so well done. Action, art, story. Story, it's it's a really good story. It's pretty interesting. Um, I really like the this, like, galactic war that's going on. Uh, I like that it's not centered around Earth. <laughs> I would, like... That's very refreshing that it's not just like, eh, let's just go take out Earth. Um, let's have our, this will be our battlefield. Kree and She-Ra, ah, well, let's just meet on Earth. It's, it's neutral ground. Like, that always drove me nuts. So I really like that uh, it's outside of that. So I'll give that an eight. Okay. The dialogue is pretty standard. It, it's nothing special. It's not bad, but it's nothing... It's it's very like easy dialogue. So I'm just gonna give the dialogue a flat five. It's like okay. really middle of the road and the rereadability. Um, I'll also give a flat five. I don't know if I'd reread this specific book, but I do want to read this storyline. It did get me interested in this whole storyline. All right, very good. Thirty-five out of fifty for that okay. title. So not bad. What was the name in uh, name in your that book? This was. 2007 issue 26 okay it's just a war of the king story it's not a whole that's like the whole overarching thing kind of like war of the realms right now okay all right very good all right now i'll I'll review my first one i actually picked up and well i going to review uh the very first appearance of nova in 1976 and it's a it's a really cool book it's it's quite lengthy to be honest with you it was a lot they, they kind of split it up into chapters which was really neat but it you know it introduces Richard, you know richard Ryder as you know that kind of like that peter parker-esque character was just kind of a sort of a door i don't even know he's, he's not really a nerd nerd but he gets bullied quite a bit by the uh the, the regular school bully he blew a game of uh basketball and one of the bullies shoves him on the ground and and then they kind of clip back to this uh this other guy he's the last of the uh the nova Corps, uh essentially and centurion uh i'm not entirely sure how that all works but that's like the name of the nova Corps, like soldiers like the okay. centurions if they have a helmet yeah okay i gotcha i gotcha but yeah he's the last of this kind and his main mission is to defeat uh this conqueror uh, but he doesn't have the energy to do it anymore. He's got to pass the power. So while at a ice cream shop in Long Island, uh, the bully, they show the bully, he comes behind uh, Richard, slaps him in the back of the head, and then after he slaps him, uh, Richard gets like like blasted with energy. And everybody blames it on the bully for slapping him in the back of the head. He th- they think that he knocked him unconscious, so Richard goes to a hospital. Um he starts to wake up. He gets all this like really, you know, in-depth knowledge. And then he starts to realize that he has powers, uh, which is really cool to see him kind of open up and learn that it's one of those really neat in-depth, you know, figuring myself out kind of books overall. And he actually ends up battling um, this individual that, uh, that the last, uh, Nova Corps guy 
was uh, going after it. Zor the Conqueror. Z O R R the Conqueror, which was really cool. And and like I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of a cool name. But the thing that instantly grabbed my attention is that he has this, the same like attire as Kang. So I don't know if there's any relation there uh, at all. Like I, I I really don't. But the, the the costume is the same. It's just Zor is just a much bigger character. And they get into this big battle. Nova, you know, Nova defeats him. It's a lot of back and forth stuff. And, you know, he was just saying, okay, you know, I, I got this power. I got to be super responsible with it. And that's kind of the end of the book. You know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of cool themes in here. And it's really nice because he, he, Richard Ryder, you know, he referenced like the Thors and, and Spider-Man and, and all this. He's like, you know, those people aren't, they aren't kids my age. There's no, there's no way this is real. No way this is real. And for him to kind of like look up to those guys as heroes, like being a little bit younger version of those characters. Um, well, at least Spider-Man, you know, to look up to Spider-Man, who I'm sure he didn't realize was a high school student around that time either. Um, I didn't realize was Richard really Ryder, connection. I didn't realize he was like a kid when he started his Nova. For some reason, I was thinking he was older, like more um, like in his like established like 20s or 30s. <laughs> right yeah little little high just in high school towards the end of high school and he he's got the style down his shirt he's got like a leopard print sh- like oh gosh <laughs> shirt and like it's like, it doesn't get much more 70s than this but it was yeah i was very very happy with this book um from top to bottom just kind of overcoming it and to compare it to some things it reminded me a lot of uh the shazam movie and maybe the Shazam origin as a whole and like how he came about his powers. And I know Greg, you said it's felt like green lantern as well, but how he came about his powers, how he's figuring out his powers kind of step-by-step and kind of, kind of being a superhero fanboy. you know, anybody who's seen the Shazam movie noticed, you know, he was super fanboyish for like Batman, Superman, flash, like all these characters. And he was like that trying to f- come into his own which is which is really neat so i i really really enjoyed that book for for some of those i mean kind of a relatable reason i you know i would imagine if if you or i ever inherited some kind of superpowers you'd make a you'd, you'd fanboy a little bit you're like oh man you know spider-man this and and you know just all that rob stuff. you'd rob a bank you yeah. you dog you <laughs> i wouldn't take anything good i would just literally no. be like all right I'm robbing the bank, and they'd be like, "What do you want?" I was like, "I don't know, like your pens." I didn't think yeah. I get this far. I didn't think yeah. I get this far. I want pen your nameplate. Yeah, give me your name. That's a cool nameplate. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, reviewing this book, uh, artwork first and foremost, the cover really uh, got deep colorization to it. You know, it's it's the cover's really cool, and if. If I seen this on a comic book shelf in 1976, I would have I, I would be instantly like invested in this title. It, the the font, the the name font pops, and Nova's just got a cool look to him as well. Uh, you know, and right on the cover it says, "In the marvelous tradition of Spider-Man, the man called Nova." That's mm-hmm. kind of how they bring that in. And then, you know, the in pages stuff. Obviously, it's a little bit more faded, uh, different paper type. But you know, I really like. I like that vintage stuff. I like that, you know, it's the same art style similar to like the Fantastic Fours. Like there's some scenes that some panels that take place in space. 
and and you can kind of see that. Um, but I, I really love the artwork. I'm going to go nine on the That's artwork. What I to get done. Huh? That's what I needed to get done. <laughs> nine. Sorry, my wife walked in the door. At first, I got oh, spooked because my like side door just opened from the wind of her opening her door, and I was like, "There's a ghost!" But it wasn't. <laughs> it's was just my wife. <laughs> so yeah, nine on the artwork. Action wise, uh, the ending was really cool. The last fight was, uh, you know, he's kind of learning as he goes, fighting against uh, the Conqueror. What is his name? Zor. Zor. I think I said his name was. But yeah, there's some neat little fight scenes like he was like he hit a building and was like oh man i really got to work on that <laughs> i gotta work on how i how i fl- get hit into buildings which was relatively humorous you know so he's just fanboying the whole time and eventually defeats you know the conqueror uh, with a little help from uh from the the last nova Corps guy's spaceship actually but um as far as an action wise go i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it an eight i'm gonna give it an eight story I love a good origin story, and this is one of the better ones that I've ever read, to be perfectly honest with you. Some origin stories are kind of duds, you know, or sometimes it, it's, it's, we've seen it so many times before it, from movies or comic books. And, and this one was one of the better ones. The progression was really nice. There was a lot to it. Like I said, it was an extra long. It was a little bit longer of a book separated into four chapters, and they did a really good job with it. I'm going to give the story a 10 uh, just on that alone, just how in-depth it was. Uh, dialogue. Dialogue was relatively simple. It was, you know, he had that cool 70s lingo. It was cool hearing him fanboy. And there's a lot of aspects, relatable aspects from, I don't know, like the whole bullying thing, like the, the way things were discussed and this and that. There was a lot of stuff that going on that was relatable. And, you know, that's how... That's how I graft myself towards characters sometimes is relatable conversation and, and, and personalities. So I'm going to give the dialogue, I'm going to give the dialogue an eight and rereadability. This book, I would definitely pick up again. I would love to find this original one. I probably will never find it because it's super, I, mean, I would imagine it's going to be super expensive, especially if Nova ever gets a movie, which I think a lot of people want to see, yes. but I'm going to give rereadability a nine giving it a score of 44 out of 50 for the first appearance of Nova, num- uh, number one, 1976. I like it. Uh, yeah, not too shabby. Right into my second one. I actually like my second book a lot. It is, um, they did, sorry, Sam Alexander, Nova issue three from 2013. They did a, um, like a, a multiple part origin and I really liked it. It was like showing his dad and him just as a kid. And then he kind of finds this helmet thanks to Gamora and Rocket. Gets into a fight with Gamora and Rocket without any powers, just and then they disappear. Uh and then kind of just like takes the helmet and starts to learn, oh my gosh, my dad was telling me all these stories about being in space and they were all true. And he thinks his dad's like a total deadbeat. And now he's finding out his dad's a superhero. So this book starts right after that, where he kind of flies out. um, And he just bumps into a watcher. That's where it starts. And he is finding out his dad is a black Nova, or like how they describe it as a SEAL Team 6 of Nova Corps. So his dad was like a super centurion. Uh, And he's just standing there like this 13-year-old kid 
on the moon trying to talk to a watcher and the watcher's not saying anything to him and he calls him like the man on the moon and then he's like all right uh i, I don't know like mr pointy man because he's just like pointing in a direction for him to look he's like i don't i don't know i don't i don't the pointer on the moon that's what he calls him and he actually sees that there is a like a armada of spaceships coming and that's what the watcher is trying to show him. And he's like, oh, that must be like why Rocket and Gamora came to find me. And introduces himself to watch the watcher and just flies away. And the watcher like smiles at him. It's just a goofy kid. Um, he just <laughs> does some trading stuff, gets super excited. Ends up talking to his mom, trying to figure out if his mom actually knows about his dad's powers. Like if he can tell his mom about this. Um, and he starts talking to the helmet trying to like see if like he can there was like a hologram of his father if he could speak to his father who he didn't really trust and then uh gamora and rocket actually show back up and at gunpoint rocket tells him like you're not your dad but you're gonna have to work so we're gonna train you and they get into like a really cool little training sequence um telling him that the chitari are coming and he needs to be ready and he's the last Nova that's alive because even Nova Prime sacrificed himself and is no longer living. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a great like little training sequence where Rocket's shooting at him and he's like, I think I'm missing a math test. I can't believe I'd rather be taking a math test right now. And like Rocket's actually like shooting him to kill. Uh, and he takes down Rocket, gets attacked by, by Gamora, and is just like going back and forth with them and it. I, it's I love it. It's such a good training sequence. Um, and then they realize that he he actually saw a watcher. Like he tells them, and they're like, "Wait, you shouldn't be able to see a watcher, but because of the Nova Corps, he can." The Nova helmet, uh, and he actually knows where the Chitari are coming from. So they tell him to like use the helmet to fly to the Chitari. So he warp jumps for the first time, and shows up directly in front of the Ch- Chitari Amarna. Armada, which is great. They like use the style straight out of the movie. So you've got the full Leviathans and all that oh, um, cool. right in front of Jupiter. And it ends with him being fired on by the Chitari Armada. I loved this book. The cover for the, oh, I'll talk about it. I was like, the cover for this book was great. Um, I, I, I already had my scores written down to save some time. For art, I gave it an eight. Really cool art, very vibrant colors, but I've said this before too. It was a dark colored comic book, but still very vibrant at the same time. Like the the reds and blues on Rocket's suit really popped and Gamora's green and but it's like basically to the background of like all blacks and grays otherwise and dark, dark blues. Um which made it really cool looking. It just made it pop out like that. Action was an eight. That training sequence was one of my favorite like origin training sequences I've ever seen. It's not often you actually see that in a comic book. I feel like a lot of times it's just like, all right, you're thrown out there into a fight for the first time, kind of like Richard Ryder. And you just suddenly have to learn, like they're actually like shooting at him and teaching him to dodge and like doing the lessons, like don't trust anybody, don't trust your family, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> make sure you kill your enemy. And he's like, I'm, a, I'm not going to kill an enemy. Like I'm supposed to be in school. Like what the heck? And like, Rocket's like, you want to go to school? If you fail, there's no Earth. So it's just super sodden. Again, it's 
it's just this kid. Now he's getting angry at his dad. Like, oh, thanks, dad. You gave him his helmet for this. Um, so it's, it goes back to that. The story is a 10 um, because of all of that. Uh, basically, everything I explained just now. And the story itself is just super interesting. I really like this, like, kid thinking his dad is a deadbeat and finding out he's a superhero and like having to adapt to that and understand oh wow this is why he wasn't around for this and this is why he was so distant maybe my mom knew what was going on and that's why she's always given him this grace so that was cool uh the dialogue is a nine again great okay. dialogue really solid from this kid uh, and the rocket raccoon dialogue just sounds like the way even the way they they word the let, the words and stuff sounds exactly how it sounded in the movie and i really like that that rocket it's hard not to hear him talking with bradley cooper's voice um and but everything he said was in character same thing with gamora uh, but it was just dialogue that drove the story but not cheesy like it was they basically they did that typical like this is what's happening this is why it's happening this is who you are but it I don't know. They did it in a way that had character and and didn't just feel like here's a lore drop, and I I really appreciated that. And then rereadability, I gave a seven. I would definitely reread this. Um, I really liked it. I think it was a again a, a solid origin, and I, and I am interested to read more of Nova, um, especially this younger Sam Alexander. I really like his dynamic and his story, and the cover for the next book is amazing. Uh, it's just him, like it's a pretty st typical style cover, but it's just this young kid surrounded in power screaming and, and in the dark, you see all the Chitauri coming at him. Um, it's not a cover that's uncommon, but it just looks great and makes me really want to read it. Okay. So a, a 42 out of 50. I even had it added up for you. Look at that. that. Real easy. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but 40, 42 out of 50 for that one. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a great read. Uh, you know, I did re read some stuff in my next book about, you know, his, his dad, um, well, one of the books, uh, you know, his dad being a superhero, which is, you know, always a neat, I think that's a neat thing that doesn't happen often. No. You really don't find that element like, oh, my deadbeat dad was a superhero. Uh, I mean, maybe Cyclops, <laughs> yep. even though, like maybe that, even if you can even count that as a superhero, but that's, I think that's a really unique and uh and relatively neat storyline yeah I, I love it and it's the same thing I, like when we read invincible there's a really cool dynamic with the father and and that's a huge thing for me because i was a, a person with like a, a very distant relationship with my father so i love i relate to that again it's that relatable a great ability to like there's so many kids who are like oh blah 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 and to find out to all of a sudden be like my dad wasn't there he missed the, my soccer game oh yeah well your dad was fighting aliens so that's why. Like, I think that's just that's like a cool little twist. And how do you handle that? Because then you're like, well, that's really important. But, and I love how he's handling it. And like, this is super cool. I've got powers. But also, like, my dad is never around. And now I have all this responsibility because of him. And I have to save the world. I'm a kid. How do I do this? And I just loved that that dynamic and that processing. Like, I had to inherit your crap, basically. It's right. super cool right. crap. But it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Still on, yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's a great. That's a great point. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna close up here with uh, my second book. It's uh, the Annihilation storyline, but Nova, Nova's take issue number one. Uh, so it actually starts off. It shows you know 
gives a little bit of a history as to kind of what's going on. But it starts off, Xander, Xandar is destroyed. And Nova's just lying in a pile of snow. There's dead bodies all over the place because um, the Annihilation Wave just came through and just eviscerated Xandar. Nova's been, like, unconscious for a few days at this point, but he's in communication, constant communication with the Xandarian world mind. And it's kind of leading him. It's it's reminded me of, uh, you know, some of Iron Man's, like, uh, like Veronica and and yep. and and all that stuff, just kind of guiding him, and he sees some of these leftover alien creatures uh, that are actually feasting upon some of the bodies of his fallen uh, Nova Corps, and he goes to attack them. And the world mind was like, you know, you're not ready for this. You you can't handle it. You don't have the strength. He gets his ass kicked a little bit. Um, but eventually gets beamed away for, with the help of the world mind, and he actually ends up finding it. Uh, what the world mind wants him to do is to inherit and absorb all of the. Uh, you know, let's see, what's the what's the phrase that they use for it? The 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 Nova Force Nova. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Okay. Uh, yeah, that yeah, totally gives me like Green Lantern vibes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like all the willpower and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what they call it, the Nova Force. He's got to, he's got to inherit it all because he's the last one. Um, so in this world, mind, you know, it has all of their their culture. It's it's like a super 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 computer, and he inherits it and he gains all his powers. And it was really cool because they made a reference to. Uh, Let's see, his name's at Sa- uh, Saul or whatever, and who was in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay. And he, had a weird, he had a weird relationship with Rocket, but I guess he was the last person to absorb all of it, and he went insane. And you know, Richard Ryder, he doesn't really want to uh, inherit it, but he doesn't have much of a choice. And this thing's like, okay, yeah, you know, if you, if you absorb us, you're only going to have slight mental, uh, very slight mental, uh, you know, destruction i i guess uh is, is kind of the word like it only affect him a little bit so but it, it basically closes with him absorbing it and flying off to fight the annihilation wave he actually blow ends up blowing up a couple of the ships and that's kind of that this is a four issue series and uh it gets uh the you know annihilation annihilation waves uh attention that he's blowing that up so he's and actually finishes, he's, uh, he lands back on Xandar, and Drax is there. And some girl, some woman, it looks, it, I don't think it's her, but it almost looks like Electra. Oh. Which is a really weird pairing. I don't, I really don't know who the heck it is, but it has that red, like, bandana thing that Electra wears. And it, it kind of looks like, it's, it's super random. Uh, so I, I really don't know who the, the woman is, but it's. Drax just kind of on looking and and that's kind of how the book closes. It's it's a really cool start, you know. Uh on top of just some origin stories being lousy, a lot of number ones are can be kind of lousy too. Yeah. And the fact that they're setting up something much bigger. Uh but this one was really neat, kind of, you know, seeing how the world mind is for for Xandar and and absorbing it and the struggle and just kind of pick, trying to pick up the pieces as to what has been happening. So um, I'll get in the review portion. Artwork, cover, first and foremost, that cover is absolutely 
Absolutely beautiful. Really cool, realistic art. It's all like a red, fiery background. There's some lightning around, and it's just Nova kind of posing. Uh, you know, he looks worn down. And, and cover aside, the, the in-comic, you know, artwork is very, very impressive. Nice, just great realism. Uh, you know, there's some darker... The, the art's... Some of the art's all over the place, but but it's all really, really good quality stuff. I'm going to give the artwork a... I'm going to give it an 8 on this. Uh, action. Minimal action to the very end, and even then so, it wasn't all that much. So I'm going to go for, for the action. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... A, I'm going to go 5. I think that's fair. It's very, very minimal. Story. Setting up a whole lot. That's what Origin... Or, you know, a lot of number one books do and this was a cool journey from the beginning of the till the end of the pages and yeah i didn't hate it i'm 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 gonna actually give a world to the other books so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eight on the uh story dialogue it was kind of really neat seeing him interact and go back and forth with this giant supercomputer thing and you, you know just trying to outwit it just thinking he's smarter than it uh, so there was there was some nice dialogue there. I'm gonna give that an eight. And rereadability. When I put this pick this book up again, it wouldn't be the fir- my first choice. I'm not gonna lie. It was very impressive, very very impressive. Um, but the rereadability, I think I'm gonna give it an eight on that as well. It's it's a good setup. It's a good setup, and I think you know, like we'd say with a lot of books, if I would read them all the way through all the way through to the end of the story, overall story. So 37 out of 50 for Annihilation Nova number one. So, so that girl is Cammie. Cammie. She is from um, Drax's first, like his run from 2005. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, could, that made more sense. I, I, like I said, it looked just like Electra the way the way that they had it on the panel, but I'm I'm glad to know that it's not. I'm not even more confused than than I yeah. originally was. So very very good. So yeah, that's that's a few of our favorite, you know, a few Nova books that we picked up and read. Um, do you think Nova has a future in film? I I definitely think so. I think um, they're gonna eventually lean back towards the cosmic stuff. With all of that, like you can, an Annihilus storyline, honestly, or Galactus are, I feel like, the next cosmic villains they lead towards. Right. Um, so, I th- and I think Nova's so key and, and Annihilus, especially. Um, I think that you would. I think he, he gets introduced through Guardians or Captain Marvel. Um, I originally was really thinking Guardians, but now Guardians 3, they're talking Quasar. They're talking Beta Ray Bill. So introducing Nova and that too would be a lot, but really thinking about what Captain Marvel is and all the cosmic things she'd be going on, like her running into Nova and working together with him almost in this like space buddy cop sense makes a lot of sense to me. I think it would be interesting. Like he's probably one of the few people that could back her up pretty well and make sense that he's there. Um, that she would need help because he is very strong, especially once he's like Nova Prime in that sense. So if he's already an established Richard Ryder, um, he would be a good foil to her, someone that we could really like, okay, yeah, 
you make sense helping me out. I, I guess I could use you. I'm not that much more powerful than you. So I could see him being introduced in a Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, that's that's probably where I'm going with it too, uh, I would have to say. Yeah, I think Guardians has a lot of other stuff going on uh, on top of it. I think – yeah, I think I think Nova will, would work. Um, you know, how would they go about it? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess since everything that happened in Infinity War has technically been undone in Endgame, that Xandar still exists, so there's not a whole revenge factor. Yeah. Um, there so so yeah i would um yeah i'm very curious to see how how and when and well if uh they decide to go with it i do think that he would make good for uh for a movie that's for sure be a cool um weird concept but a cool like disney plus like police show like almost like a week by week cosmic like space cop i feel like that would Ooh, i like that that's kind of how the green lantern current like comic book run is but DC's not going to capitalize fast enough on those titles, I feel like. So I feel like if they they were like, yeah, let's do like Space Police with Nova, like I, I would I would watch that. I think it'd be different. Like police shows are super popular; they've always existed. Why not take it to space? Yeah, I, I think it would work really well as a Disney Plus show. You never know; we might get a surprise on that. I hope we do. <laughs> but all right, everybody, that. Oh, a couple ahead. of quick news things. Sure. Uh, D23 is, what, two weeks from now? So we will, again, be watching for Marvel News, watch our Facebook page. And then there was someone, oh, my gosh, in talks. I apologize. I don't have the name prepared. Um, he was – I'm going to look it up real quick. I have it right here, and I was curious to what you thought about it. Um he was a main villain in the walking dead he's been in a whole bunch of different shows and his the actor's name is totally escaping me right now they're not walking dead sorry i apologize in the breaking bad um okay what is his name i'm gonna find it i apologize for all this he was Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. I'm going to look it up right now. What his act, the actor's name is. My computer's moving super slow because I'm trying to do something quickly. That's how it always is. <laughs> but anyway, so this actor, there, he is in talks um, to be – oh, Gene Carlo Esposito. He's from a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Breaking Bad is probably one of his bigger ones. He's been in Once Upon a Time – uh, he's a very good villain, but he was actually apparently in talks with Marvel. And I don't know if you know exactly who it is. If you saw his face, you probably would. Um, and people were theorizing, who could he be? And he's in talks to specifically be a villains, villain. So Kang the Conqueror, that was, was someone that came up. Um, because of his look and his personality compared to some of the other actors that already exist, he would be a good um eternal he'd be good like fit with like the collector and and the grandmaster but i also just especially from his like breaking bad role he would be an excellent norman osborne and i was just curious like what you thought about that especially again it would be it would be a race flip but i think he's got the personality that that wouldn't matter 
Uh, right. And that's not something Marvel's really done. They haven't really done any swaps like that. So I wouldn't feel like cheated out by it. Right, uh, right, right, right. But I would be super curious to see him as Norman Osborn personally. Like there's some just some just pictures of him and I was like, yeah, he 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 looks like he could totally be Norman. I would I could see it. Um I, I was just curious if, if you know who I'm talking about, what you think. What was his name? I'm gonna look it up real quick. What was his name? Jean Carlo Esposito. I'm gonna send you Oh, you got it right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And if you, I could see, if you I could see Norman. Work, he is very like educated. He speaks very eloquently, but he's got this like weird like you. I I think he's super charismatic and likable at the same time as like yeah, you're a villain, you're a prick. <laughs> and I've, every single role he's ever been, and I've thought that. So I can yeah, I could see him. Uh, let's see, click on the news report now. But I could see him as a uh, as a Norman. I definitely could see that. Um, let's see this Roan report. I'm looking at MCUCosmic.com. I don't know how rel- relatable it is, but it says that there's some Marvel casting notices out there that that could be what he's up for. And many might remember that they were looking for someone around Gene Carlo's age for a role co-named the Benefactor. Yeah. Hmm. And it said, but if that benefactor role did turn out to be an MCU version of Norman Osborn, it would be really good. That so that's kind of what they're. It sounds like what they're they might be leaning towards. And I'm, so, I'm that. and I, but that makes now that opens me up like uh, a couple interesting things in my mind. Look, just because he's the like he of his race, his age, his look. He could totally like end up being MJ's dad. <laughs> yeah, and that's entirely true. That's would be make a super interesting Spider-Man twist. Um, but also, if not, like, who do we end up seeing as Harry then? And I think it opens up the casting for Harry Osborn quite a bit, and it just it makes that Spider-Man story again. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. The his rogues gallery is so interesting, but his supporting cast is incredible and super important. Flash Thompson is super important. Mary Jane is super important. Um, there was actually a, a Easter egg I just found in Endgame. There is a girl wearing like a Gwen Stacy's iconic outfit and her backpack walking past Ned and Peter as they're, as they're hugging for the first time after uh, being reunited from the Endgame uh, like activities. Right, so, right. So, ooh, we could maybe they will sneak a Gwen Stacy in here. Um, so, his, but his cast, supporting cast, is so important across the villains and his just friends. So it just makes me super interested whenever there's like Spider-Man castings. It's one of those things that I'm like, oh man. And even more importantly, like Norman Osborn can be like a number one villain across the MCU as a whole. Yeah, I mean not cosmic, but but the Earth level stuff. Absolutely, yes. he can he can pull a lot of strings. Thunderbolts, uh, you know, do some stuff with the scrolls. Yeah, there's there's a lot they can roll with that. So I I don't hate that at all. I think that I think he could play it. He can do that role very well. So there's yeah, gonna be I'm so much. There. We're sitting with like the Phase Four and Phase Five announcements, and it's just like man, speculation. Like where do we go from here? <laughs> I know. 
There's so much. Nobody has any idea, and that's the best aspect of it for sure. Yeah. All right. That uh, that does it for this week's episode of the panel discussion. Next week, Captain Cold. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be some other news. Actually, uh, I'm talking to – I haven't told Greg this yet. Uh, we're going to look to get our friend – Cloudy, Professor Mr. Cloudy, we're going to try and get him to do uh, some Wolverine as a bonus episode with us. So that I know there's two to three episodes I'm recording on Saturday next week. A Booster Gold episode will be coming. All right. With a, a good friend, kind of, sort of. We're enemies right now, but we're friends. Wrestling. <laughs> uh, will Calrissian, Will Smith will be on the show. And not not the Will Smith, though he is pretty fresh, but not the Will Smith. <laughs> um, and I believe I set up. Oh, and I also set up a Moon Knight episode with a good friend of the show as well, Mike Skyros, and former host Chris Gullo. So I'll awesome. be recording both of those this week on a new segment. I'm going to be calling Alter Ego. Um, okay. Panel discussion. And I have another concept we're going to be talking about. Uh, I'm just going to tell Matt right now because I know he likes it, and I love dropping stuff on him while we're recording. But <laughs> behind the mask is something I'm going to be doing, looking not so much at the superheroes, but the writers and artists who bring them to the page, their bodies of work. Um, trying to get myself and and our listeners more acclimated with those people because without them we don't get the awesome stories we don't get the awesome characters and we don't get the crazy looks that we get um that's something i've become very interested lately so behind the mask is something you definitely want to look out for uh my first dive is probably going to be grant morrison who's one of the more iconic and interesting writers that's out there very good. That's good to hear, bud. I'm glad. So, I mean, listeners, lots of content coming your way, of course. We're staying busy here at the panel discussion. Thank you, as always, for your support. And, uh, yeah, we got lots to come up next week. On behalf of Greg and I, take care.